Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. Mox on the Mic, back for another week. Glad to have you along with us. I'm Chris Goforth. Appreciate you hanging out. Tate Johnson's our producer, as always, and we're going to talk a little Chattanooga soccer and a little bit of Chattanooga volleyball. Gavin McKinney in the Chattanooga women's soccer program off to a fantastic start to their season. Now, things are starting to wind down in the regular season. They're getting geared up for the conference tournament coming up very soon. We're going to spend a little time with Gavin McKinney and talk about his squad. But first, let's talk Chattanooga volleyball. Julie Torbett hit a major milestone in her career recently. She'll tell you about that. She's got a new addition to her staff, and we'll kind of get caught up on how things have gone so far for Chattanooga volleyball. Let's start there. Coach T joins us to kick it off today on Mox on the Mic. Coach, appreciate the time. It's always fun to get a chance to catch up. 500th coaching win. Tell us a, a little bit about that. That's a heck of a milestone for anybody. What did it mean for you? Well, it definitely meant a lot. I remember getting my 300th when I was at UNC Asheville. I got my 400th at East Carolina. And then to get my 500th here and for it to happen at home, all those wins happened on my home court. Um, so it was, it was very special, um, to have a milestone like that at Chattanooga. Yeah. It's look, is that something that you thought about? I mean, that's, that's a pretty significant number. Is that something you had thought about coming into the season or is it one of those things? Somebody goes, Hey coach, this is coming up and and then it hits you. Yeah. Zane's been doing a really good job of milestones for the players. And so he threw that in there at some point and I was like, Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, when I took over the program, I didn't know how, um, how quickly it would take, you know, to get things the way I want them and, um, to have a winning program. So, you know, we had a winning season last year, but, um, yeah, I don't keep track of those, um, honestly, and even the players, I don't want them to keep track of their things unless it just motivates them personally because it's such a team sport, but I guess if I get mine, that means the team's winning. So that's good. <laughs> that is true. Can I want to talk a little bit about uh, just a couple of folks. Well, let me start with this. Let me start with this first. I want to talk about your staff for just a minute. And I want to start with Sydney Hall, who was so good for you last year uh, on the court as a player. Now she's kind of made that transition into a role as an assistant coach. Just a little bit about Sydney and kind of the development that you're seeing from her. Well, it was a great chance for me to help her uh, complete her education here. Um, you know, we were disappointed. We thought we'd have two years with her. Um, so just, you know, didn't have the uh, committee vote that way um, to extend her clock. So, um, but we all felt like she could be very beneficial to us in other ways. So it'd be important for her to get her degree, but also for her to help us um, because she's such a strong presence in the middle. So as a coach, she's able to still practice with the team um, on kind of the scout side or the other side. So that's making all the players um, that do get to play better in that regard. And then she's just such a good um, presence to have around I don't know if coaching is going to be her thing. Her major is like health administration. So, um, but you never know. She might love it and want to stay in coaching. I think it's important to have great females um, that stay with their sport. And that's role models for our players to look up to. 
You also added Derek Bennett uh, recently. A, a little bit about Derek and and kind of your um, your relationship with him and what brought him to Chattanooga. Yeah, we were looking for somebody uh, to be a setting coach. Um, so Madison Bergeron, who was is alum from here, um, you know, stepped away from coaching, starting a family. So we wanted somebody that would work with the setters um, and the offense. And so he was a setter when he played. Um, and then somebody that's a little bit more in the film and technical breakdown, um, which is extremely time consuming. I do a lot of it and Darren does a lot too. Like we all watch film, um, but that is really his strength. And he was at Florida state. And so the coaches there said, yeah, he just like breaks down, breaks down film and um, loves to do that. So it really complemented kind of our staff and what we um, all bring to the table. It feels like you've got a, a a pretty good staff from the standpoint of, you know, having all your bases covered. Is 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 that? Would you agree with that? You, you like what you guys have been able to put together? Yeah, I mean, Darren's kind of you know my right hand, and he um, came out of Penn State as well. So I knew him before I got here, but, um, you know, just to have somebody that has been trained under the same coach as me, but a male that has um, an arm and can still play um, and just has a good mild mannered um, kind of disposition because I'm a little intense sometimes and um, can be a little high strung. So, you know, you can't have everybody like that. Um, so I think we complement each other really well and, you know, if he wasn't over our beach program, he'd probably be my associate head coach. And he certainly stepped in when I had to be away. Um, and uh, I trust him. He's very loyal. I want to ask about some players now, and I want to start with a couple of new players that have really come on and just had an immediate impact. Obviously, when you go into the portal, you and I have talked about this before. When you're going to bring somebody in, you're looking for somebody that can come in and, and play and compete and help right away. You got that and then some in Morgan Romano. Just a little bit about her and what she has brought to Chattanooga Volleyball this year. Well, Morgan probably has the best resume um, on the, on the team and maybe even one of the best that I've ever coached in my 30 years, you know, she was an all American an ABCA all American in 2020. Um, that was COVID, but I'm not going to take anything away from the fact that she was able to accomplish that um, was the first team all conference player all four years um, at Ryder. And, um, you know, I just felt like she could come in and then being a lefty, we didn't have any lefties in the gym. So we've talked about that, that that was important because most of the teams we play against have a lefty. So even if she didn't come in and earn a starting spot, which I thought she probably would, but even if she didn't, then she's on the other side of the net helping us prepare when we have a lefty on the other side. So I felt like it would be a good addition to the team, and she certainly has been that. Yeah. Uh, is she a little undersized at 5'10"? For yeah, where she guys. plays yeah yeah I mean but we're not playing with teams that are just giants um you know so Allie Ruffin at Citadel is probably I think she's leading the nation maybe in kills per set or in kills whatever she's you know five nine five ten so in our conference I I felt like you know that wouldn't be really the problem and the name of the game is scoring and she can get those kills so her height wasn't going to be too big of a factor. So a little liability on blocking. She would be the first to admit that. 
Charday Van Zant, somebody that I feel like has really stood out during the times that I have been able to see you guys play. Somebody that can, uh, you talk about, uh, you know, 5'10", but she is somebody that can really elevate uh, around the net. A little bit about her and, and just kind of what you've seen from her. She's the most versatile player that we have. She can play outside, middle, or right side. So that's always nice to have a player that can kind of fill in in any of those spots wherever you might have a gap. Um, but she's kind of emerging again as a go-to. I think she had 15 kills against Citadel um, in the middle. So, you know, she if she can hold that down and then and then you've got Morgan on the right side that can easily get that, and then you've got two outsides that have proven that they can get that, you know, then all of a sudden you're starting to put together um, three, four all-conference level type players on one team. Katie Barthel has come in as a freshman and been able to give you some help. Um, surprised at how well she has played? No, I actually, I mean, I felt like uh, because of the club that she comes out of and the environment that she came out of, that she would be um, a player that would come in and contribute right away. But she has kind of had that freshman up and down um, where, you know, their confidence a, a little bit gets rattled because she's the only freshman out there. We have no sophomores and then all juniors and seniors. So, you know, it's a very old team. And then there's her. So I think she's handled it very well. And I'm excited uh, about the future with her for sure. Um, but, you know, she I think she'll swing back up to where she was kind of playing before um, and just get that confidence back in the second half of conference. A little bit about the schedule and and kind of how things have gone. You guys got off to uh, a really, really tremendous start uh, at, at the beginning of the year. How do you capitalize on that now moving forward with, with Chattanooga Volleyball? Um, I just have to manage their um, time on the court. I've got some, you know, older players, like I said, is good for experience, maturity, not going to get rattled, but it's also bad for their bodies are breaking down and they, you know, have a lot of um, injury, like injuries type of thing that's not going to sideline them, but that could hinder them in their performance if we don't manage how many times they jump and, you know, just kind of how long we practice. So I feel like they were very fresh when we started and trying to get them that rest and recovery. Um, playing some midweek matches was probably not the best thing that I did um, on scheduling with an older team um, because, you know, needing that recovery during the week um, to get ready for the weekend. So now that we're back down to two matches per week and then the conference tournament three in a weekend, I'm hoping that they'll get their legs back under them and, and um, have kind of that same energy that we had at the beginning of the season. How do you feel about your depth right now? Really good. Yeah, I think like we have good depth on the team and we have talented players in the gym and we're seeing that in practices like just drills that we do that would take a long time last year um, that we're doing in half the time because the quality of the reps and quality of the touches is a, is a lot higher level. So that always helps. You you know, you, you talk about this team maybe being uh, a little bit tired. Uh, you have won four out of your last five. Now, this is a long season, Coach. You're not even halfway through the conference portion uh, of your schedule yet, uh, but you have won four out of your last five. Do you feel like maybe they're starting to, to find it here uh, in conference play, so to speak? Well, the conference is really tight, so you've got a couple teams at the top in Wofford and Citadel, a couple teams at the bottom in ETSU and UNCG, and then you have a jumble in the middle. And our goal last well, last year, we just kind of stayed at the top of that at fourth, you know, the whole time. But 
our goal now is just to try to, um, you know, hopefully emerge in the top of that jumble by the end and just stay patient that, you know, Sanford's a good team. We've got them on Friday and then we've got Mercer on Sunday. They've come along. Um, consistency is something that we are, are trying to achieve. So not the ups and downs. Um, but you know, I like our chances as good as anybody's. Um, I feel like it, it really is who comes down in November um, to putting together three matches in the conference tournament. You talk about the uh, kind of the top of the the conference standing. What is it about the Citadel? What do they do so well that has allowed them to be as good as they are this year? Um, I think they have a mental mindset that they just declare that Allie Ruffin is player of the year and they are winning the SOCON. They just declare it. And their mental mindset is um, backing that up right now. They're on a roll. Uh, they played a pretty easy preseason schedule. Um, so they didn't really play anybody that challenged them. So I thought that might bite them when they got to conference and had some tougher teams that they had to play. Um, but it just hasn't yet. So um, I'm hoping that at the right time, they'll meet the right team that either knocks them off in front of us in the tournament or it's us. Um, but I don't think that they'll go undefeated all the way through. I think they're just riding on a lot of confidence right now and on um, Allie Ruffin, to be honest. What do you think is the strength of your team? Um, the maturity, you know, I do think that that maturity, um, having older players, uh, definitely helps, you know, they've been there before. Um, they know that this is it for some of them, you know, if they don't do it now, it's now or never when you have younger players, like a young team, they're just happy to be playing. They're happy to be at the college. You know, we don't really have that. Um, our two of our freshmen are going to red shirt. So they're not even, you know, thinking about playing. They're thinking about, you know, the future. So, um, so that maturity, I think is our strength. How do you keep those that aren't playing that are red shirting? How do you keep them engaged and involved in what's happening? Well, they have really good personalities and they came here knowing they weren't going to come in and play right away. So I'm very honest in the recruiting process. Um, I tell people what I see, what I expect um, and what I'm trying to, how I'm trying to bring them in. It doesn't always work out that way. Um, cause I don't know how they're going to gel or mesh with our current players. Um, but you know, I feel like the players that I've brought in are coming in and contributing right away, um, and elevating the level of Chattanooga volleyball. And that's what I came to do. Do you like this Friday Sunday schedule within the Southern conference? Well, we just have it uh, because of football this weekend. So then we have a, a, a weird Thursday, Friday for two weekends, and that one, I'm not sure. We haven't done it yet, so I'm not really sure I'm crazy about it. But we didn't have the Thursday at home, Sunday on the road, or or Thursday on the road, Sunday at home, or whatever that some people had, or Friday. Like, there's some weird because we changed the way our schedule was um, because of the odd number. We only have nine teams with volleyball. So they changed kind of how they did the scheduling this year. Would you like to see the Southern Conference e expand and and – uh, there be 10 teams in the conference? Yes. Yes. I think having an odd team, it just makes it difficult. When you get down to the tournament, for to have the play-in game, and then they argued to have maybe two bye teams, like the top two teams get a bye, and to protect top seeds. And I'm not really crazy about that because um, if we're going to just protect top seeds and don't have a conference tournament, let the regular season champion, um, you know, just go to the NCAAs. So like there's kind of, it just makes it hard with an odd number. So I would like to see 10, 
Um, but I don't think BMI in any time is going to add women's volleyball. So I don't know if that's a possibility in the future. Road trip to Samford uh, on Friday. Folks can find that on ESPN Plus if they want to uh, check it out. 8 o'clock Eastern time, 7 o'clock Central on Friday night again at Samford. Coach, if you can, a little bit of scouting report on Samford and kind of what you expect and what it's going to take for Chattanooga to walk away with a win. Well, they've been changing their lineup around a little bit, like everybody. You know, you got to, once everybody's seen so much of your body of work, you got to throw in a few little wrinkles and changes. And so, um, you know, I, I know that they're defending conference champions, that they're very well coached. Um, so, uh, and then their are arena is a different kind of environment from what we practice in every day. So uh, we'll go down there and we'll get a practice in before we play. Um, and then we'll head on to Mercer on Saturday. We'll get to watch our football team, I think, for a little bit um, while we're down there, and then we play Mercer on Sunday. So, you know, basketball coaches will always talk about, you know, the shooting background, like what it, you know, what's the what's the depth behind the backboard and, and kind of how that can sometimes mess with guys. I've always thought, you know, in basketball, because we do have such a such a big arena that, you know, maybe that sometimes is a bit of a home court advantage for Chattanooga. What is the situation like in volleyball? Is is that a part of it? Does it affect how you play uh, going from more of a gym environment to more of an arena type environment? Absolutely. There's definite differences in this conference as far as the um, home court. So we have uh, arenas like Wofford that if they play in their basketball arena, then that's going to be different than they play in their auxiliary gym, which it has a really low ceiling that you have to play off of. You play in Sanford, depth perception um, is difficult. The bleachers are far away. It's dark in there. Western Carolina plays in their arena. It's dark in there. And the court's kind of in the middle with weird lighting. So we go, you know, have to go practice in those gyms ahead of time, but um, you know, gyms that are similar to ours are like Furman and ETSU. Those are going to be a little bit easier for us to um, to manage or to have be similar to what we're used to. Chattanooga Volleyball back at home October 26th. Mark it on your calendar now. That's a Thursday night, October 26th, 6, the, 6 o'clock as Chattanooga takes on UNCG. Coach, uh, looking forward to seeing you guys back at home and uh, looking forward to a couple of more uh, wins from Chattanooga Volleyball this year. So good luck on the road. You got three straight away from home. Best of luck and uh, can't wait to catch up again. Thank you. Thanks to Coach Torbett for her time. Let's talk a little soccer now. The other form of football, Gavin McKinney, Chattanooga women's soccer coach with us on Mox on the Mic. Coach, appreciate the time. As always, it's uh, it's always good to catch up. I, I feel like every week there is like a new milestone that, that is hit for Chattanooga women's soccer. A 9-4-1 and one right now as, as you and I talk today. What do you feel like is next for this program what is the next step for women's soccer at chattanooga good question uh, like it's i think when we've spoke before i always see uh, say that i try and live in the present and and for me the the next step is to perform well tomorrow night against wofford and then we go to g and then we go to sanford and then in the tournament um if you do look at it big picture wise though we've we've won a regular season our first one last year so i i do think that next progression 
would be attempting to win a conference tournament and playing a national tournament, right? Which is something so difficult to do. Our league, if you look at it top to bottom right now, is ultra competitive. So to go into that tournament and go on a run and, and come out the winner is really difficult. But that could potentially be a, a next step for us. You're five one and one at home. That transition over to Finley Stadium is seems like it's been a good thing for you guys this year. Yeah, definitely. Most importantly, the the student athletes they they love it over there. It's the the locker room, the video board, the, the atmosphere that we've created in the home games. They're a huge fan of. It's about student athlete experience at the end of the day, and I think we've improved that for them. So we're delighted that we made the move back over to Finley. Where have you seen improvements in this group since August? Yeah, I think collectively we, we've we gotten better and better from that first preseason game on. We, we challenged them with the preseason schedule. We had difficult matches, and then our first non-league game was on the road at Vanderbilt. So it's, it's one of them where um, if you don't start to get positive results early on, I think it can go the other way on you. A turning point for us would have been second half of that Tennessee Tech game. Uh, I thought we were we were very solid in that match, in possession, out of possession. And then we carried forward through the rest of our non-league, and we went on a great run. We, we dropped the last one to the University of San Francisco, a tough, difficult side. And since then, we've just been battling away in, a, in SOCON play. But I think we've seen a nice progression overall with the group since they've come in uh, August 1st up until now. You picked up two wins going back-to-back to open up Southern Conference play. Uh, you talk about the confidence of this team. When you can win against Mercer and then go on the road against Citadel and, and win in, in conference play, look, that goes a long way towards building confidence, doesn't it? Yeah, because you look at that, that opening weekend, and, and we had the same opening weekend last year. It's so tough. M- Mercer, always one of the top teams in our league in the Citadel – over the last several years, they've been they've been so competitive, uh, really tidy in possession, a difficult side to prepare for. So to come away that opening weekend with six points, and, and it was a split weekend, the first year we we're doing this within the Southern Conference. So we were home on the Thursday, but then we were on the bus on the Saturday in a really long travel, stuck in Atlanta traffic to get down there. Um, and then back we come the next day. So you're doing 15 hours and a round trip for one game, which certainly isn't easy. Um, but definitely good to come out of that first weekend with six points. Do you like the change in scheduling? I definitely think from a recovery standpoint, it's better. The, the Thursday, Sunday gives the athletes more time to recover. When you're on the Friday, Sunday, it's, it's tough. You're playing on a Friday night, and then you're turning around and, and playing usually uh, Sunday afternoon. So really quick turnaround if you're an individual who's played 90 minutes, your body's still in recovery mode within 48 hours. So from a physical standpoint, I like the Thursday, Sunday much better. I'm still getting used to the split weekends because in the past we're, we're used to being on the road or at home. And now it's tough to know whether we're coming or going half the time because <laughs> we're, we're at home one day and gone the next day and then it just keeps rolling. So uh, I think an adjustment getting used to the split weekends, but Again, we, we talk about the, the student-athlete well-being and experience, and the Thursday-Sunday is 100% the right decision. How often do you guys, uh, as coaches collectively, the conference, how often do you review uh, the, the scheduling format? How often does that come up? 
typically we we've got a we've got a SoCon head coaches meeting that, that goes on every single year and the the schedule is always a a hot topic with us um so formally we would discuss it w- once per year i i think every time i speak to a coach though everyone wants to put their two cents in about the schedule and and how it currently looks and how maybe we could imp- improve it going forward i know there's some ideas being floated floated around out there at the moment but nonetheless it's it's again it's about uh creating the best environment where everybody can go and compete at a high level and stay healthy throughout those nine games so i think everybody's always brainstorming on on how to make the schedule as best as possible um for the league you have that one i guess it's kind of that outlier game at the end of the year a road trip to samford they're always tough in the conference. A little bit, if you will, about what's coming up down the stretch for you guys. You mentioned Wofford at home on Thursday, but then it's at Greensboro and then at Samford a week later to close it out. Yeah, difficult games to end. All all highly talented sides, really competitive. They they each present different problems. So we're we're like I said, focused on on the one in front of us, and that's tomorrow night. Once I'm through that, then my focus will shift to G and then to Sanford. Um, but look, the, the league uh, it currently is really, really tight within the standings. You've got a couple of, uh, a couple of teams that are, that are kind of leading the pack there. Western is, is at the top uh, with Sanford and ETSU right below them. And, and then us and Mercer, I believe uh, the next two, right. But we're, we're all within five points of each other. So a huge amount to play for down the stretch here. I want to talk about some of your players and uh, give you an opportunity to uh, to kind of talk about them and their performance this year. Mackenzie Smith, just that steady veteran in the lineup. It feels like for you guys is that a is that a good description of her? Yeah, definitely. Mackenzie's been with us for for a long time. We had Senior Day uh, this past Sunday, and and I got to speak about Mackenzie's time and. Uh, how long I've known her, started recruiting Mackenzie when she was probably 16 years old. And um, she's in her fifth year with us now, captain since a sophomore. So what what an important um, person for our program over over her time here. But yeah, just a, a great leader, a great example in how to compete and turn up every day and give it your best. And yeah, she's been she's been really steady for us. And we we expect her to go out with a bang here. Following from afar, coach, and and watching on, you know, ESPN Plus when I get the opportunity and 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 reading the you know the game stories about you guys, are you playing more people this year, or is that is it just my imagination? Uh, yeah, we we don't make a huge amount of subs. To to be honest, we're we're a smaller squad in in numbers this year. I keep saying we're. We're small in numbers, but big in spirit. I think the atmosphere within the group has been fantastic. Uh, but yeah, no, we we don't go hugely deep into it. We we've been rotating four players in off the bench this season, and they've all done a, a great job for us in coming in and, and making an impact. Tell me a little bit. Has there been a surprise this year? Uh, no, I'm I'm never too surprised. I I always feel I have a, a good pulse on what to expect and. I think everybody's performed at good levels, and um, yet yeah, we, we we think the group has has a lot more to give still. Even though, like you said, we've we've won nine games, uh, I always think there's new levels individuals can reach, and we've got a number 
number of people in the squad that are really pushing to to make sure they they reach their full potential, which is what it's all about. Your production that we're seeing this year, at least in terms of goal scoring, is coming from uh, two new players, right? Can you can you tell us a little bit about how they've kind of evolved during their time here? Yeah, I think the the goal scoring it's been it's been relatively spread out. We've got people chipping in here and there. Obviously, uh, Richie for us has uh, kind of led the way in in that regard. She's she's had some uh, multi goal games um, and she's had a fantastic sophomore season. Mackenzie is chipped in with goals like always. Berna has come up with some big goals. Clarissa scored for us on the weekend there. Uh, young Betha has chipped in with two. So, yeah, we, we've had different people uh, get on the score sheet. Zoe Mize uh, scored the winner from corner against Mercer. So it's coming from a lot of different areas, which which for us is is what we want. Um, I think it makes you a tough team to prepare for if, uh, if you've got a bunch of people chipping in and getting on the score sheet. And I think we've had that this season. What's been the biggest difference, Coach, in, in terms of the turnaround? I mean, Chattanooga soccer for – a long time had not enjoyed much success. Obviously, the tides have turned. Why? What's been the key? Hard, hard work and good people. I think pr- pretty simple, right? It's the the two things that that we look to target when we're recruiting individuals. If we think when they get to us, if they're gonna uh, buckle down and dedicate themselves to being a, a top athlete, in two. Are they going to be a, a good person, a good teammate, uh, represent the program in the right manner? Us as a staff, we try and lead the way with setting the example. But I think we've done a really good job bringing um, phenomenal people into this program. And, and I think that's why we've gotten better and better as the years have gone along. Last year was a big one for us, winning that first regular season. And um, this year, we've, we've, we've just continued on with it, you know, but again, it's not from not from any secret uh, recipe here. It's from simple hard work, good habits, and uh, trying to create a good atmosphere within the team. You mentioned how tough this conference is uh, as you you look ahead to the the conference tournament. And I realize you haven't seen everybody yet, but can you give us a maybe a, a little bit of a breakdown of what the competition is like and uh, just a little bit about what you think it's it's going to be like at the conference tournament. Yeah, it will be difficult. One through ten, everybody's competitive. If you look at the the RPI at the moment, there's a group of us that are all within the top 150. There's 340 plus teams in the division, and we have a number that are that are in that top third of teams. Right, we've been as high as the the 70s this season. Western currently is in the, the high 60s. And then us, Sanford, are just outside of the hundreds at the moment. But nonetheless, uh, a really competitive league on any given day. I think anybody can get a result uh, against their opponent. So you have to be ready. You, you have to hope to perform uh, at a really top level uh, each day because, um, yeah, so somebody will beat you if you don't, which, which we've seen in, in the regular season a couple of times ourselves. We probably didn't perform at that at that level, we would have hoped to, and we've, we've dropped points, you know? So I think it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough, but a really exciting tournament. Um, and I think anybody has a shot at it. Coach, appreciate the time as always. And we'll look forward to, uh, we'll look forward to doing this again soon. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Thanks to coach McKinney. Thanks to coach Torbett. 
and thanks to you for joining us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button while you're here. Make sure you rate and review if you're an Apple podcast user. We certainly appreciate it. It's going to wrap it up for us this week. Thanks to our producer, Tate Johnson, for a job well done as always. Thanks to you guys for joining us. Until next time, so long, everybody, and go Mox. Thanks for listening to Mox on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And we'll see you again soon.